0: <laughs> <laughs> to most people, probably.
1: <laughs> Wanna welcome everybody to this evening's mail report. Before we begin, I gotta remind everybody the views and opinions of the show are those of the host and guest and do not represent any sponsors, affiliates, or anybody else. My guest tonight is it Megan Megan Gehring. Easy for me to say, Megan. How are you tonight? I'm excellent. How are you? I cannot complain in the least. So for my listeners who do not know who you are, because I bet most of them do not, but I have a, a small clue, but we're going to dive deeper into this. Why don't you give everybody the, uh, as I like to joke and refer to as the Twitter bio, what, what are you and how, so people can get a little jumping off point before we start.
0: Okay, well, I'm a lifelong sensitive. That That's number one. Um, I guess in high school, throughout my teen years and into my 20s, I would be what's called an empath, and uh, then I started uh, really exploring into paranormal groups and actually delving into mediumship abilities, and I, in the last two and a half, three years, discovered how to um, astrally project.
1: So you've run the full circuit of the paranormal, so to speak, because you've been been out there doing the... How do I say this nicely? Ghost hunting to now doing a little bit more remotely.
0: Exactly. And, I mean, I've been hands-on, hands-off, but it's all centered around client care or location. Um, I guess location rectification. If, uh, you know, the grounds are terribly haunted in Astral, we can remove that. But also in Physically, we can perform a um, Blessing to correct the necessities of the land, so that's kind of uh, my specialty. Is I've almost been a healer of sorts, whether it's been in the physical sense or in the astral sense.
1: So this is gonna this is an overly easy question for me to ask, but you're gonna hate answering it. Which is easier, being there in person or being somewhere remote and trying to filter in?
0: Oh, that's a loaded question. So for some investigations, it is actually easier to be there in the physical. However, um, the more that I do astral, the more I appreciate the finer qualities. However, um, it's because you can see on a different plane. You can actually see the shadow that the client is saying, So in an energetic sense on the astral plane, and I find that fascinating. um, Do I fully understand why I can see it? Yes and no. But I really am just in love with the idea of astral, even though um, sometimes it does take physical qualities in a, a physical land blessing to actually clear the issue at hand if that
1: makes sense. Well, it all makes sense in a, in a way that makes sense, but doesn't make sense all at the same time. But that's a whole other uh, Fruit Loop conversation well, for another another point here.
0: I think, I think that's just the
1: paranormal in general. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, as much of it as you understand, then somebody, you come along and you talk to somebody else and you go, I thought I was starting to get there, and then somebody says something else to you, and it all goes downhill from there. So, um, yeah. Astral Travel has been, I mean, okay, so you probably know this or may not know this, but my listeners definitely know this. This show started out as a paranormal show years, oh, God, nine years ago, and it's kind of devolved okay. into a current event show that's kind of twisting back and forth once in a while just because I'm still not quite done with the paranormal as much as I like to think I am, but, I, you know, like tonight, I, there's every once in a while I, just, I want to go and I want to grab some just to keep it around because i I'm still got a lot of questions, but I can't do it every week because I don't have that many questions. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> or I, I, I like sanity. Of course I talk politics so I'm not sure. Anyways, um, there's somebody out there right now that's sanity saying... <laughs> politics, what? <laughs> yes, I was going to say there's somebody out there going, you lying son of a bitch. You say you like sanity and you talk <laughs> politics. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I guess I like um, different levels of push when it comes to my mind. But I've, I've loaded this all in there because when you are out doing the ghost hunting thing. Way but well probably back when I was doing my sh- the paranormal show back in the day. Yep. When you first started, how did you look at people that were sensitive and remote viewers and not that whole other side of it because I know I had mixed feelings about those people when I fir- when I like originally got into it.
0: Well, when I first heard that somebody off of a different paranormal team could do something called astral travel. I raised an eyebrow at that. I really, really did. I was like, they what? And the group members from from this, you know, colleague team, um, they basically, because my team... But let me start out. My team was incredibly scientific-based. We had all the gizmos and gadgets that you can imagine. I mean, we're talking K2 meters, you know, EMF detectors, spirit boxes. Um, we even had uh, the proximity meters, uh, everything that you could possibly have or want in a paranormal um, boots-on-the-ground type investigation case. We had all that between the 12 members that were in our group. So, um, as a collective, we had a lot of equipment plus the sound recorders, plus we had, uh, digital cameras and I mean, it it looked like something off a TV where, you know, caps goes in and has their whole investigation. We would spend more time reviewing evidence than actually doing an investigation because of the compilation of evidence. Um, So we were very scientific-based. Here's this partner team that would be called in because they did have a group of psychics working with them. And even my team leader was like, so what do you do? Just touch a wall and feely-feely and, you know, everything speaks to you? So there was a level of skepticism there, even between the two groups. And um, I didn't discount it, but I thought it was very strange. Strange enough to the point where I went, wait, what? what is this that you're doing? You, you sleep, you dream, and you go somewhere, and you can figure out what exactly is the issue? And the gal basically said, yeah. And I was like, well, that would be cool if it worked. And so then I started to try to take it on myself with meditation to try to see if I could achieve it. But it wasn't until years later where I actually had some coaching about it that I was able to actually astral. But initially, it was a little far-fetched for me.
1: So since you mentioned coaching, this isn't where I was going to go, but I have to go there because it's right here. Um, do, do you believe the government's still training people how to astral project in remote view?
0: Oh, absolutely. And from now versus what it was in the 70s or 80s, or even the '90s, it, it is vastly different. It is vastly different. It is so much more complicated because we have something called Wi-Fi and 5G, which can be manipulated for well, enhancement. Well, I was just saying, think, actual enhancement.
1: <laughs> I, I was just you're thinking, do we need to remote view because of Wi-Fi and 5G? Because everything's kind of being dumped on the internet.
0: Technically. Right. So, but if you want to see things on an energetic level, okay, can you um, identify deceptiveness through Wi-Fi? Not always, but you can always identify deceptiveness through an energy signature. And that's what it comes down to. And I do have a military background. So, I did not um, announce that as part of my uh, (laughs) introduction, but I I do have a military background. And uh, this is something that is almost very near and dear to me. And in Astral, I have no-go zones, which are military installations. Besides
1: Area 51?
0: For a reason. Uh, Nope, I will not go there. (laughs) 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 I I value my life. (laughs) I value my... My current life and uh, my my happy, unobstructive, you know, way of living. I should say. So, um, you know, I I, you, you, you know, I
1: had to go there, though, right? That was kind I of like know. the. I know.
0: I you know, almost everybody does. <laughs> so there's no fault there <laughs> because you know, I would love to. I would love to, but I just cannot bring myself to do it. It's uh, military uh, intrusion. And I just can't do it.
1: Now, now when you when you astral travel, that's present day. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not trying to cross the streams in the time travel, but I'm just making sure we're on the same page because sometimes people get a little floaty on me when it comes to this kind of thing.
0: We're just talking- oh, uh, well, if now I have done a cold case. I have done a cold case from 1973. Um, it was one of my most successful astrals. I was able to see who committed a triple homicide back in uh, 1973, and I saw the perpetrator's face clear as day because I did what I call a rewind, but it is basically how I had to get there was staring at a, an actual 1973 photo of the building that I was supposed to go investigate. Not everybody is capable of that, that time tweak but but for some reason I can do the time tweak I cannot go forward I have not yet been able to go forward but I have been able to take it back but yes to answer the question when I usually do astral it is in current time unless I'm specifically going back to a set date
1: which makes sense because I mean and obviously if That's probably the furthest you've went back to. I'm sure there's kind of some kind of energy doing things with my hands that makes no sense because it's radio. Um, Yep. Time limit. like Because I know energy can't be destroyed. I know all the scientific stuff. But at some point, that energy gets changed into something else. Another person, another thing. So, obviously, you're not going back to, I don't know, I'll throw one out there to just to get some, some people riled up, the time of Jesus.
0: Right. <laughs> so, I've not gone back that far. But that would be something interesting to at least explore with.
1: You know, um,
0: even even trying to prove or disprove some stories, very specific stories that are within the Bible, per se if I could hone into that energy. But also, it's very hard to go off the written word because it's been translated, it's been altered, it's been, you know, um, I guess, changed for current day times as well. So the Bible, per se, would be something very hard to go off of to try and tap into that energy.
1: And plus, I was sitting here thinking about you staring at a, a picture. Everything we have is evolving. Right. And then, you, like you were saying, all the words have been altered, so that'd be mm-hmm. uh, double muddy. <laughs> well, that'd be quicksand then, I guess, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, in some of the artist renditionings, right, of, you know, Jesus, they basically were done anywhere from the 1400s to the 1800s, and it's like, well, would that be accurate? I don't think that's accurate enough to actually... For me, at least, to astral. Now, I was never militarily trained in astral. My specialty was basically radar, 5G, electronic warfare type, you know, category. And I worked mainly on jets. So I was never selected and trained. But those programs do exist. They really do. However, I myself had never had military training for this specifically. This was something I did after I got out of the Marine Corps.
1: So let's jump back to where I originally had you at and kind of uh, took the uh, the left turn out, out of right field. Um, so you were investigating with your group, scientifically based, and then you met somebody who did this. And then how long did it take from that initial meeting to you I don't want to say playing with it, but I am i don't want to say dabble either because that has negative connotations either way, until you started experimenting with, um, doing it yourself. Oh,
0: well, actually, there was a good chunk of time, um, a good eight years. And um, because in those eight years, I ended up exiting out of the Marine Corps and then moving states, and I came back home, and basically um, in that time, Uh, I had a kid, (laughs) you know, I don't recommend doing paranormal activities when you're pregnant or recently, uh, you know, toddlers and stuff, because children are so susceptible to it, right? So um, I took a break in that time, and in its entirety, I would say about eight years before I found another paranormal group that I would, you know, actually interested in you know, joining. And I was like, Hey, you guys are local. I'm local too. I've got a lot of experience with paranormal and, you know, sometimes I get messages. So, Hey, hi. <laughs> and they were like, Oh, Hey, we do this cool sh- you know, stuff. It's called astraling. And I'm like, Whoa, wait, again, what? Really? <laughs> and they actually had an instructor. And so at that time, back in uh 2017 late 2017 is when i started taking astral training courses and it lasted about a month and it was um bi-weekly training so in one of the portions was absolutely hands-on with the instructor he actually kind of got us to do a group astral all together very interesting process so, um, but there is also a lot of uh, videos on YouTube. There's books about it. Um, but I got more value off actually off the uh, hands-on portion because somebody was right there telling you, well, no, let's try this. Or, wait, no, 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 no. Let's r- correct you, and we'll go about it this different method.
1: Yeah, I uh, like, sitting here listening going okay so you you got into it neck deep and now you're really into it by the sounds of it
0: oh yeah. (laughs) yeah I have been able to actually help more people through Astral than I could ever reach in person I have clients in Australia I have a couple in Ireland you know we have clients in the UK there was one in India all across the US couple in canada you know and those are places i could not very easily travel so i think it's a win they just you know if somebody really wants help they do reach out you know and then there's been a couple people that have actually been recommended my way
1: so walk me through this generalities of course because every case is different every situation is different Somebody con- oh, yeah. somebody contacts you, you guys go back and forth a little bit. Do you normally do this at night or
0: during the day? Um, it kind of depends because I do work with my partner. Um, we have a group, um, a split off group. It's called Astral Maids. And basically that that's kind of a little word play on there because Astral Maids were basically cleaning up you know, <laughs> paranormal mess. So, um, my partner, Sarah, and I, we end up working on cases. We do do a case review. Um, we get the pertinent information, and then when it feels right for us, sometimes we go in immediately. Other times, we kind of want to do a little bit back research, possibly on the land, or acquire photos from the client. So if we're having a hard time seeing where we need to go, sometimes we will ask for you know, a picture of, the children that are affected, or well, you said your backyard's an issue. Could you send us a, you know, picture of the backyard? So um, our most recent case, it actually took us two weeks before we actually did astral, because that two weeks was very important for the workup.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. So it, it all I mean, I know when I was doing investigations, some of them felt more urgent, and some of them took, you know, you did them within days, and some of them. I probably shouldn't admit that yeah. you drug your feet and took two months to get there, just because. So just, yeah. just gut feeling.
0: Yeah, and I mean, my partner's really good. We're pretty much on the same level when it comes to analyzing a case situation, but usually um, when we're contacted, we like to try to do it in the next couple of days. Well, yeah, but you got to get stuff. Done. We we always need to do a workup because we we've been burned a couple times um, by jumping into a case too quickly. You know, so yeah, uh, we <laughs> I, I we you know once we broke off and did our own thing, it was our group, our rules. So we do kind of slow play it, but yeah, we we intend to be absolutely thorough when we do this so we need like a one to two hour chunk of time to actually perform the astral
1: that was going to be my next question Mm,
0: mm -hmm. (laughs) because I mean
1: I know there have been nights when I was investigating that it seemed like we were there for hours and it was only like two you know it kind of felt like oh boy it should be time to wrap this up and it was you know I don't want to say five minutes in but it you know really wasn't as long as I thought it was and then yeah. the other the other one is, man, we you know, this, it's only, and then you look at your clock and it's 4.30 and you go, didn't we just set up five minutes ago at 10? Like, where did all that time go? <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh, missing Uh-oh.
0: time.
1: <laughs> I, I've actually, I've actually got a missing time story. Do you want to hear this? Oh, do you? I do. Yes, of course. So this was, oh God, eight years ago, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, the family went fishing. I don't fish. So, obviously, you know how this 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 goes, right? I get bored out of my mind. And no, not because of just being bored that I lose time. I walked up the creek around the bend because I was going to take some pictures because, you know, being the good person that I am, wanted to get some good pictures. And I lost 45 minutes up the creek and came back with two pictures of my feet. Oh, whoa. Yeah, let's just say I wasn't too happy, and neither was my wife because you know I was gone for forty five <laughs> minutes and literally had
0: nothing to show for it. Wow! So in that time, did anybody call for you?
1: I I don't I don't remember anything about that time.
0: Okay, I mean, like I, when I, I you mean got back, were they like we were calling for you? And nope, they didn't. I didn't, didn't say
1: that. But I was close enough that I should have still been able to hear conversations, and I don't remember hearing conversations. And it was a long—I don't want to say a busy road, but there had to have been traffic in that time because the road doesn't sit vacant for more than five ten minutes, just because of where. It's wow. On. And like, I don't—I yeah. don't remember anything. Like, I don't—I don't even remember like wind or hearing the water. Like, I don't remember anything. It just got really quiet.
0: That's really peculiar. So, oh, yeah. do you think you walked into a portal?
1: I walked into something. <laughs> That's for sure. Now, have I went back to see if it happens again? No.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, Uh, you would have to be truly curious to do that. And risky, just saying. Yeah, Um, I mean, mean, there there are places
1: that I probably would go back, but four feet from a creek and, you know, losing control of your faculties and then having learned some of these David Pilates books about people going missing in creeks and never being found again or being found, you know, like, um, no, I'm uh, not that curious at this point.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you know what is funny? We went camping. We don't go camping. We went camping last Saturday. We don't go camping. And I had to remind my husband, remember, you don't like camping. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have watched the 411, Missing 411 documentaries. We've read (laughs) David Pilate's books. And it's like, we do not go camping. Okay, that is not something we do. We went camping. And let me tell you, My friend, because we invited other people to go camping, I think we thought, safety in numbers. (laughs) The guys all went to bed. So it's just me and my girlfriend sitting out around the campfire that's dwindling. We were waiting for it to get down to a nice, cold, responsible, cold bed. (laughs) And so we were sitting there. The walkie-talkie keyed in. (laughs) And I looked at it. I was like, are you kidding me? Because we made sure they were all off. It was a low battery beep. On it, And I'm like, oh man, my heart's racing, and she's like freaked out. As soon as I sat down, and we were sitting there, and then all of a sudden, I hear a scream, a bloody murder scream, and I... Every single hair on my body stood on end. I started freaking out because we're kind of in this open area. I mean, anything could have came at us from six different directions. And we're kind of in cougar, bear, watch and Sasquatch country. I'm going, okay, a scream in the middle of the night is not good. And then all of a sudden, we hear this woman's voice go, the time is 3.35 a.m. It was her husband's cell phone alarm. It was... <laughs> he forgot to turn off his alarm. And I'm like, who in their right mind has a woman screaming <laughs> for their
1: alarm? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if that would wake me up. Honestly.
0: Yeah, no. Right, it would wake you up. Um, I was definitely awake. I did not go to sleep till 6 o'clock and the sun was up. And um, I reminded myself I do not like camping. But um, <laughs> it was a beautiful area. You know, good time with friends but I'm just sitting here shaking my head going my husband what were you thinking <laughs> you don't like camping none of us like camping we're out here in the woods <laughs> uh,
1: so I, I've got a weird so it, so- it- I've got a weird sound for you I've got kids so I've got a fun one for you. you oh god this was probably about that same window 8 years ago cause the kids were both younger and so I picked up at a second hand store one of those blues clues uh, touch you know I'm talking about puzzle kind of things
0: yeah,
1: and that was Blue's Clues, right? And I had it in the back of the car riding around just because I forgot about it, and I was driving around and heard, "We just figured out Blue's Clues," you know, the the whole bit. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that is back there. Forgot about it. Took it in the house, right? And I couldn't get it to re- to do it again. I was okay. like, what? What's going on? Maybe the you know like maybe the batteries died. I opened the battery thing and there was no batteries in it. Oh no. Oh yes. And guess what my kids didn't get.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> huh. we we had that happen. We had that happen when my daughter was like 2 or 3 as well and I chalked it up to energy manipulation. Yeah. Um so wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fun stuff, That's, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Those are always the creepiest stories because why is it always children's toys? I want to know that question. Why is it always children's toys?
1: Uh, because children have more energy than us.
0: Well, and spirits are attracted to it. I mean, technically, we know the answer. Or,
1: or maybe it's just because I'm attracted to shiny things. And most kids, no, wait, I just admit that.
0: Wow. No. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. No. 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 Uh, kids. Kids' toys. Yeah. They're creepy. They're creepy. My child was not allowed to have dolls. (laughs) You know, or many things that were battery operated. She had a mermaid bank. That's what it was. It was uh, Ariel, the mermaid. And every time you'd put a coin in, she would sing. Well, the thing never shut off, so we took the batteries out. (laughs) Months later, the thing was still singing. (laughs) It was like... (laughs)
1: Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's no
0: good. Nope. So, no. So,
1: uh, Harry from my chat room wanted me to ask you earlier, so I'm kind of been piling these questions up and trying to fit them in as I can. Um, I oh, yeah. But this is a very appropriate point to ask this question. What do you do to protect yourself when you're out astral projecting and just in general, I guess, too? I guess we should probably start there since we were just spooking each other pretty good.
0: Oh, yeah, right? So, um, if I'm doing a physical case, usually I have things, on me, um, pendant stones, I am guilty of carrying protection stones in my pocket, which would be like black tourmaline, um, for overall protection, uh, black kyanite for, uh, negativity, um, it it repeals, um, or sorry, repel, there we go, repels negative energy, and then, um, I take a chunk of, uh, Petrified wood to keep me grounded. Um, If I'm doing an impromptu thing, possibly if I'm out driving in my truck and I see some place that I want to stop, um, gravel is always something good that I can pick up and physically hold.
1: Like limestone or just any... If I need to
0: throw it, I can. (laughs) Are you
1: talking limestone or just any stone?
0: Um. Yeah, so, so I like to pick up gravel because um, any type of thing that should be on the ground will technically ground you, right? But also, I carry a mentality, I guess, that I am grounded. I try to be a grounding person. So I try my best to imagine that I have, like, you know, the tree roots coming out of my feet and, you know, the sun being showering over me so I have light from above and then I am anchored below right so that's my philosophy on grounding is I'm pulling it in energy and directing it into the ground below and therefore I'm I'm grounding myself I'm protecting myself and I'm also being a conduit for um mediumship or to receive messages or impression of the land So, but by grabbing the gravel, handful of gravel, like off the side of the road or out of a parking lot, I physically, in my hand, realize I am grounded. So that's why I do that. Not everybody does that. Some people don't like to be grounded. Some people get very dizzy or get a headache when they try to ground, and it just takes practice, but I believe that grounding and shielding, which would be basically putting yourself in a protective bubble of white light or an eggshell or, you know, whatever you can imagine. If you put yourself a buffer, you know, you're in my bubble. Get out of my bubble. And that's all shielding is. And as long as you believe that it's effective, then that will happen. Um, When I watch Zach Bagans, I can totally tell he is not grounded. (laughs) How many times has that man been scratched, bit, poked, bled? I mean, he is not grounded. He's not protecting. He's being open to those attacks. So, well, oh, that's time, the out, time out! I be- go in with a.
1: Before we get too much in trouble, Zach. I mean, it is entertainment.
0: Uh-oh. What he's doing,
1: right? He's trying to be sensational for TV, trying to get those ratings. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he might even. I don't want to say this. This buzzword. God, you're getting all these buzzwords out of me tonight provoking them. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Right? Because that, that does sell.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and no, I I really don't have a problem um, watching his show. I, I actually get very enthralled with some of the locations he goes to. Um, but, yeah, he does kind of keep himself open, but that's why you watch it, right?
1: Well, that's why you watch it. I don't, but that's the whole other can of worms.
0: Well, <laughs> well, okay. I, I wasn't saying you like you, <laughs> oh, you oh, or oh, the you general, like me. The general audience, you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I get yeah. It was sometimes. a generalized you, you people. <laughs> 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 but no, uh, that's why people watch it, though, because they want to know what happens next, right? So, but also, everybody out there needs to understand, 99% of actual boots-on-the-ground investigations do not go like that, <laughs> ever. Ever. I, I think it's they mind- are very mundane. It might even be 99.9. Very 9. mundane. Mike. Yeah, they're very mundane. I, the most exciting one that I had actually involved a spirit box, just recently, Just recently, now, I took my spirit box to our group meeting and I put it on the table and it did nothing because we had the room protected and shielded, right? Well, we took it to the client's house a couple weeks later. The spirit box would not shut up at all. And it just kept throwing out words and throwing out names and the homeowner, our client, knew that it was her brother. And it just floored everybody in this investigation and she could not absolutely believe the words that were coming out of that spirit box. And it was only happening in one room of the house and what was so weird is everything else about the house seemed absolutely normal. The EMF readings, K2 meters never went off, we didn't have any hot spots or cold spots or anything. But in one room of the house which had a portal in the closet there was all of a sudden all this activity
1: i've got i've got to ask because it's just genuine curiosity at this point was she happy
0: to hear her brother or know that he was scared? she was she well she was surprised it was her brother and she even said why are you doing this you're scaring the kids Did and you? he said, sorry. I
1: was going to say, did he answer? That was quite a cliffhanger there. I, I, I was hoping you'd yeah. follow that.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, immediately. He just said, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. And I have this all on, because uh, we were doing the spirit box. The spirit box itself does not record, at least the version that I have. So I had my Olympus digital recorder, and we had that all on. And she got a copy of it. But it was so Amazing. They, immediately, he said, "I'm sorry. That wasn't my intention. I wasn't trying to scare the kids. I'm here." So, yeah, I guess it's it gonna be a fi- something unreal.
1: It's gonna be a fine line as you're looking at it, trying to tell somebody you're here and not scare everybody. I, I mean, I don't know where that line is. I don't know how how to get there.
0: Right As as I'm sitting here here trying to
1: think about doing it myself,
0: right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it was the mannerisms that supposedly the ghost was doing because things would move, and then there was loud knocking at night. And all he was trying to do is be like, hey, I'm here, but of course the loud knocking terrified the kids because it was happening between 2 and 3 a.m.,
1: That's, yeah that's terrifying. see I don't know I, I, well but if time doesn't exist on the other side I don't know. there's so many variables in my mind see this is what I'm talking about you get you get to a place where you think you have things kind of figured out and then you start yeah holding the then you start looking at it and you go well not quite not quite it doesn't all work as well as you hope. So okay so that's more of the physical side of things what do you do before you go uh, remote view?
0: <laughs> okay. So, before I go to a remote viewer or an astral, um, I will come outside, I will decompress, clear my mind, almost meditate, right? Um, I will do a good grounding and my body should feel incredibly relaxed after grounding. I shouldn't have any tension points like in my shoulder or my neck. So, I will spend time outside grounding until I can achieve the right feel. Of relaxation and then I will go back inside of my house to where I can astral and I find a comfy spot whether it's sitting or kind of like laying down and I will also grab protective stones or enhancement stones as well because there are stones out there that will enhance your third eye or your astral abilities or even your intuition, Right. So I, I collect my stones. I believe in stones, so that's why I use them. Some people do not believe in stones. Um, however, it's solely intent. If you believe a blade of grass will be beneficial in helping you astral, that is the intent that you're putting out there, so go grab that blade of grass. It's all about intent, right? So I believe in my stones. I'll collect my stones, and I will like put them in my hands or some of them are on my uh, pendant and I'll put my pendant on and I will start doing a deep breathing exercise and I will literally go from my toes all the way up to the top of my head in a almost self-hypnotic state okay and so I, I relax every fiber of my being in a meditative self-hypnosis type way and then that's when I will start to feel myself astrally project and when I astrally project it's almost like somebody has a big piece of tape over me that's being pulled off and I believe what that is is my astral body actually coming out of my physical body because it's my energy right So when my energy goes to where I'm sending it, that's where I get that tape-pulling feeling. And then I will be able to collect information from whatever site I go to. So say I go to the White House, right? I will get that energy-pulling tape-removal feel, and then all of a sudden the image of the White House will start to appear in my third eye. And sometimes it's... Like a very vivid dream Other times it's kind of like hazy Like I'm looking through a uh, You know a car hood On a hot day where the heat waves come off Or even the pavement You kind of get that wiggly heat wave Sometimes it looks like that And it just depends how in tuned I am to the situation How grounded I am in the physical On whether or not My um, I guess third eye can see As clear as possible so but usually I do start to formulate a vision and that's when I know I'm at least astraling so but yes the protective measures are similar to what I would do in the physical but it just takes a little bit of uh, preparation and if I were to ever need to ground back in astral I actually have to pull myself out of astral and then actually reground in the physical so i have not been able to i guess successfully like maintain a long long time so two hours is my max in astral if i'm in astral anytime other than that i need to come out and reground because my energy starts to fade
1: so i'm going to ask you a loaded question that isn't apples to apples to start with but i think you'll understand when i'm done asking um Okay. okay, I had surgery in December, and they started to wake me up, and I came up quick, and I ripped the stitches oh. out of my neck and ripped the IV out of my arm like I was the, oh worst, no. pa- like the worst patient ever in 45 seconds, right? Yeah. I, I came out quicker, like way quicker than I thought, right? Yep. So I'm sitting here imagining you being in this state, being at the way house will follow this example through, and that switch getting flipped the other direction. What happens? Then? Yep. Like, because real life yeah. happens, right? Right? So, does that leave the, I don't, I don't want to say portal open, but does that leave that open, or do you, is there a way for you to get out of that without harm?
0: So, yeah, basically, when I pull myself out of astral, there is always a risk that something might attach and come with me. So, what I try to do. This is going to sound really weird to somebody who does not understand what I'm talking about. I like to go up and then come out. So up, meaning almost interdimensional. Okay, shoot through the astral plane outside of the astral plane, which there's veils and voids in between the dimensions as I see it. And any time you go interdimensional almost, you get vacuumed clean If that makes sense. So I learned that the hard way, though. I absolutely learned that the hard way because we used to just bounce in and out of astral because that was pretty much the norm. Um, That's how I was trained. And what happened is uh, my previous team and I did a case, but somebody didn't clear themselves before coming back home, and the entire team, the entire astral team, got attacked on an energetic astral level. And right then and there, we realized, my friend Sarah and I, my partner, um, we realized we needed to do a different protocol when exiting astral. Because when you do come back with an attachment, it can physically harm you. Um, We know people on our previous team that have been hospitalized for astral injuries. You can't explain that to a doctor, right? But these people have internal injuries that were sustained in an astral state because energy is energy, right? So an energy, a damage to an energetic being in astral equivocated to damage in the physical and that right there was an oh whoa moment and um, when you do come back too rapid like just bouncing into astral and then coming back to physical when you do that it does take a minute for your brain to realize you're back in your body and I mean the funniest thing was um, somebody was knocking at my door a year ago Right. somebody was knocking at my door when I was astraling I was not fully back consciously and I jumped out of bed I actually face planted into my wall and my legs collapsed because I tried to jump out of bed and answer the door and yet my body was not cooperating and I put my hand in my head and I just exhaled really quick and then I opened my eyes I was like okay I'm back now like, wow! It it was so bizarre. It was so bizarre. But I mean, unexpected knock at the door.
1: Yeah, that's what it's I'm saying. There's these lot real life back. things yeah. that happen that I mean, as prepared as you could yeah. be, you can't you can't control somebody from dropping in on your house.
0: No, not at all. And you know, luckily it was my neighbor and she knows I'm slow at answering the door typically, so it wasn't a big deal. But, you know, I actually had to come back. I had to come back from astral into my physical body and just sit there for a minute, like, whoa, there. It was insane.
1: At least it was a neighbor, not somebody trying to sell you something.
0: (laughs) Oh, I would have been so mad. (laughs) I don't want your chocolates, your magazines, your candles. Nobody sells
1: encyclopedias anymore. I'm disappointed.
0: (laughs) I want them to fill up with the. We all should. Yeah, the all
1: the twenty four volumes of the encyclopedia, that, that should make a comeback.
0: <laughs> it should. <laughs> oh man. So I,
1: I I I always used to tell people this when I like was out investigating and kind of got into the Enlightenment part of this all uh, that I'm more worried about bringing something home from Walmart, quote unquote, than I am when I'm investigating because when I'm investigating at least I know I've got stuff my protection up high enough that i can protect myself but still right i'm aware more aware of my spiritual surroundings at those points and people used to look at me like i was absolutely crazy and i'm sure people are still when i said that tonight but i'm assuming you're the same way
0: oh yeah yeah um no i mean i don't know possibly i mean my my theory is uh humans are far more worse than anything that is energetic or spirit-wise, except for possibly aliens. I'll so, I, I with that never, said, human, I have never humans are the worst.
1: I have never dealt with an alien, so there's that. I have that going for
0: me. You're lucky. You're lucky. Uh, my first experience with an alien was actually in Astral. And I was so confused and the team that I was on at the time, they were laughing at me because I went into full description and they were laughing because they thought it was funny. <laughs> <Well>, i <I'm laughs> sure like, what am I looking at? I'd be, I'd yeah, probably, I'd I probably mean, I be right
1: there behind them. Honestly,
0: <laughs> these are well seasoned individuals, right? And, I learned a lot from them, and so it was hilarious. You know, me being the astral newbie that I was, I'm sitting there going, "I'm looking at a thing, and, and it looks like this." <laughs> and I'm like, and it's doing this, <laughs> and oh, it was hilarious. So I mean, th- in hindsight, so you've got to and answer the beginning.
1: You've got to answer the question: gray or
0: green? Oh no 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 no! It was a man kid. Excuse so, me? So, I mean, I guess it was more green than gray, but it was also kind of brown, so... Okay.
1: I, I kind of got the color in my head, I guess.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> it it was a green-brown-manted wearing, like, olive drab, like, tan, I guess, tan, not olive drab, armor. It was wearing armor. And I was like, what am I looking at? it was the weirdest thing but yeah it was a giant mantis I'm talking 8 feet tall in Astral I had to look up at it and I'm short I'm short so I mean it was like easily you know 3 feet above my head
1: well obviously most of us huge. are looking up most of us are looking up to something 8 foot tall just for the
0: but yeah it was huge and I was like what am I looking at I was like this thing looks like a mantis on steroids and they just lost it but yes there were also grays involved in that and the energy around aliens is very peculiar it is this low vibrational hum and I don't know how often you frequent the zoo but do you know when the elephants kind of do their silent thing but you could feel it in your chest
1: mm, no I don't f- I don't spend no, that much time by the elephants I don't think I think that's part of my problem
0: oh Okay. Well, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, my mom loved the elephants. So we would spend a lot of time at the zoo looking at the elephants. And I learned from a very early age that the elephants would be standing together. And then all of a sudden this hum would come out. But it wasn't a hum that hurt my ears. It was a hum that hurt my chest. And it was this very rhythmic, low vibrational hum that we as humans cannot hear and so I learned from a very early age that different species are capable of different types of communication right well that is very much applicable with the alien vibrational energy. That's exactly what it feels like. And I'm sure one of your listeners out there is going, I know what she's talking about. <laughs> uh, at least I hope. I hope one of your uh, listeners <laughs> uh, I'm, sure I'm,
1: sure I'm sure there's one out there that gets it, and there's, there's two more to go, what in the world are these people talking about?
0: <laughs> right. Well, I, I'm <laughs> sure there's also people out there going, oh, she's crazy. But yeah. Um, I am, a little, but um, the whole elephant thing really, really made sense to me when I realized that that is also the vibration of alien greys and the mantids and some reptilians and, I mean, I went from not knowing about aliens to fully immersed, just overnight. (laughs) It was so bizarre.
1: So, I've got to ask, uh, there's so many questions now, of course, but I look oh, at the time. I look at the time and go. Well, I've kind of got to figure out which I've got. You know, two probably two more good shots at something. So we're going to take them. Um, okay. Can you complete the hat trick and say you've seen Bigfoot?
0: You know, um, outside I've never seen him in astral. I've never seen him in astral. But like I was telling you, I camp in Sasquatch country. Okay, the one of the best sighting areas in my entire state is six miles up the hill from me. (laughs) So I've had um, very possible run-ins, very possible run-ins. You can tell when you're being watched by him. I'll just put it at that. Um, My husband and I both have had an encounter with him, and there are areas up there that you cannot pay me $3 million to go to, or can I would uh, not even take ten million. I, I was to just go gonna to. say how about
1: four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Uh, there there is one area up on the hill that um yep, you no. Know, you, you know, Somebody out maybe there, eleven million. Somebody out there with,
1: needs most knowledge needs to tell me how much the most GoFundMe has raised because I think we need to Oh, never mind. Anyways, um
0: GoFundMe to go spend <laughs> the night in the squatch area. Oh no. <laughs> The, le- yeah, the bar's at no. 11
1: million. I think we can do it.
0: No, it's, it's one of those areas that it is just straight <laughs> up no. I mean, the feeling around it, too. It is like you are forbidden. It is insane. I wish I could translate feeling to you or convey feeling to you, like the exact feeling. It's just forbidden. No humans ever at all. Well, you know, you and know, you're constantly watched in the spot. It's insane.
1: You know, I'm all about pushing the envelopes. So, well, 11 million. The bar's been set. No.
0: Well, <laughs> if you ever want to venture up here, I'll go up there with somebody. Just, I think my husband's a solid no, too. <laughs> That's probably the problem with me. I'm well, like, can... well, we can go up there together. So,
1: 11 million, some airplane tickets, and a GoPro is what I hear needs to happen here.
0: Oh, that would be awesome! Okay, I would do it for four. We could do it for four. That's a that's a hard two split. We could do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's on the last. Okay, so two more two more solid questions here. One really easy, and one not so easy. Um, the last few months, energetic wise, across the world, have been so far out of uh, skew.
0: Yeah,
1: how, how has that impacted? What you are trying to accomplish
0: Yeah No okay the energy Yeah since May it has been really really Bad and um, From what I Understand is it's the Collective energy being Brought down by the negativity of the State of the world the economy The US especially Um, There's tensions Everywhere there is Little peace And what I have started doing is just turning off the news, ignoring social media, kind of taking a step back and trying to spend more time with the earth, like gardening or doing lawn care, you know, pruning my trees, that type of getting back to nature. It has been an absolute relief. However, I communicate with some of my closest friends and they're all spun up about what is going on. So that's what affects me day in and day out. However, what affects me energetically is astral has actually been more complicated. Um, Anytime I try to achieve astral in the last couple months, it's almost like I'm going through a whirlpool of energy to even try to achieve astral. Um, My astral durations are a lot more fuzzy. Um, I have to go off fields versus site. Um, I I've always gotten a clear message, so I guess that's that's a you know a good thing that the message is still always solid. The client can back up the information I'm providing, so that's a bonus. But um, my duration in astral has been extremely limited, and when I come back. I feel like I just got off a cruise. You know, like, I feel like I got my sea legs, my head's kind of spinning, and I'm like, oh, one astral today. Because we used to be able to do back-to-back astrals. And it's just not myself that feels like this. It is my partner as well.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you're not the only one that feels... You're not the only one that feels the world just sucking the life out of you.
0: Oh, yeah. And no, uh, everybody is so tired. So tired. So I've you know, to, and that
1: I've got to ask this question because I look at the clock and I see it just rapidly disappearing on me. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> where can people find you if they want to contact you about having a, re, uh, a, a viewing or some sort of investigation or all that fun stuff?
0: Okay, so um, we have a Facebook group. Um, it is Astral Made, so A S T R A L Made. M-A-I-D-S. And that's on Facebook. Um, We've kind of got a rainbow on, you know, I took a picture of a double rainbow on the cover page, and I think Sarah posted a photo of her holding a four-leaf clover. So, I mean, it's nothing that actually screams paranormal, um, but we do try and post some motivational things. Um, Protection tools ways to ground um moon rituals which would be like cleansing your stones type stuff it's information if you are affected by the paranormal little steps you can take um we have explained like saging techniques and different types of things a lot of people are allergic to sage so we have offered um alternatives to saging traditionally on our uh, Facebook webpage. But other than that, we don't have like a .com set up at the moment. But um, my name is Megan Gearing. You can find me on there. My partner Sarah Camp. And we are both together, you know, astral Maids. We spend a lot of time in client care. So if you do have a paranormal issue, please feel free to message. I think there's three questions on the um, inquiry when you click to join on Facebook we ask you if you you know can be filled to the other members in the group and we ask you if you are part of a paranormal team and then as well as do you have a paranormal issue that we should contact you about yes or no
1: I have several issues but that's a whole other can of worms for another day
0: (laughs) (laughs) right it's ever ongoing I swear (laughs) Not just you, everybody. Uh, oh, you said everybody. paranormal issues. I oh, wait,
1: I need to. I need to back that. Oh, wait, I still do. Never mind. That's all good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, once you, once you've got one foot in that paranormal door, I swear it just it's you know open. You're Is that, open for business. <laughs>
1: does that line ever cross back where you have fewer questions than when you started?
0: No, never happened.
1: I was going to say it seems like I'm still. I mean, like I said did the investigation for real hardcore for five, six years and then kind of started into doing these types of shows. So it's been nine years of doing those. And, um, so that's, God, that's almost 15 years of doing some kind of questioning of the, uh, the paranormal and still, Oh yeah. Not any closer to an answer than when we started. So.
0: Nope. I no. I mean, how do you think I feel? I mean, I've been doing this for 13 years straight and got into Astral and,
1: i still got a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, we've got 20 seconds left in the show. I, I got a story for you, but obviously I don't have time for it, so I'll just have to let this clock run out, and then I'll tell it to you off the air. And that's going to disappoint so many listeners because they're going to want to hear this great story. But, you know, sometimes it's just got to be a good story for the guest and not for you. And maybe I'll tell it <laughs> on air sometime, and maybe I won't. But until then, keep tuning in. You might hear it. that is so bad so bad (laughs) hello everyone my name is tom kearns and i host the anglo-saxon england podcast where I cover the history and culture of England from the departure of the Romans in the 5th century to the Norman conquest in 1066. So far, we've surveyed the collapse of Roman rule in Britain, the migration of the Anglo-Saxons, and the history of Northumbria from its beginnings in the mists of legend to its destruction at the hands of Viking raiders in the 9th
0: century. I hope you'll come and give it a go.